Amazing Grace, recorded in the notable All Hallows Church in the Gospel Oak section of London, sung by the opera star Renee Fleming, accompanied by world-renowned violinist Mark O'Connor, the violin made in Portland, Maine. So I'm doing now is I'm planing across the arching to help create that curve. I'm using a very small plane, and I'm just working across almost like lines on a TV set, creating a curve, one line after another. And I can tell from the sound that the plane makes that the plane is Jonathan Cooper is a violin maker and a tradesman. He builds his violins to match the unique needs of musicians like Mark O'Connor. You know, one of the more interesting parts of the of the trade is that that you have to be you have to be fluent in a number of different things. You have to at least have a basic understanding of of a lot of different things. You have to understand metallurgy to a, to an extent to understand your tools. You have to understand art to understand form. You have to understand sound to to certainly deal with what you're creating and and what people are telling you. I think that's very very important. And um history to know the context of where these things come from and where they're going to because certainly the the violin is an icon it's it's clear what it is jonathan's good at what he does he's created over 325 instruments since the mid 80s at 15,000 a piece they're an investment artists like alex and tatiana hargraves along with recording artist bruce molsky use his instruments to perform both classical and bluegrass music playing them as both violin and fiddle They're essentially this. It is the same instrument. It's just a different name. It's the same body shape, same size. There is no difference. Um, it's just a term. And in most people's minds, fiddle has come to mean you know maybe more country-oriented or folk-oriented kind of use of the instrument. But the really the the name is interchangeable. I mean, there are violinists who call it their fiddle, and there are fiddle players who call it their violin. And so, <laughs> you know, with all of Jonathan's success, you might expect him to be a little taken with his talent, but he's not. He's grateful for his trade, and he's enthusiastic about the work. I just feel extremely fortunate that I can, you know, get up every day and do something I'm interested in. I'm thrilled by it. You know, every day for me to work on it is thrilled by it. I don't ever come in here looking to go, oh, God, i got to make a violin. You know, heaven help me. (laughs) You know, I always look at it and think, oh, yeah, can't wait to do that. i got this idea I want to try out. I want this varnish thing I want to work on. I still remember how that last thing I did, I want to, like, see if I can alter that a little bit. We're all violin makers. We are always, at least everyone I know, is always in pursuit of, of making a better instrument. And, and you know, I just feel grateful to have the, the time to do it, you know, to, to discover it early enough in my life so that I could do it. But Jonathan not only builds violins, he plays them. Does he think of himself as a fiddler or a violinist? Oh, I'm a fiddle I mean, I'm not a trained violinist, not a, cl- a classical violinist at all. I was self-taught. I was a guitar player. And, you know, the odd thing about it is that a lot of times when we'll get together in some sort of collegial situation where there'll be a whole lot of violin makers who are working for 
classical players as, as, as well. We'll sit around and play fiddle tunes for the most part, or a lot of us will. Some of us will go off and read quartets with other players, but a lot of um, violin makers are old-time fiddle players or bluegrass fiddle players. I like that fiddle. <laughs> what was the name of that? That was Boothstrap Lincoln. Oh, okay. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a nice part to be able to make something that you can play. From Portland, Maine, this is Scott Bliss.